Hello friends, before we get started on this next amazing episode, I just wanted to give a short shout out to our team at Metal Cloak, the group that makes this podcast possible. From engineering to production, from marketing to sales, from accounting to HR, every member of the Metal Cloak family works diligently every day to bring some of the world's best products to the off-road enthusiast. Designed, engineered, proven, Metal Cloak. That is not just a clever cadence written by me, but a true statement of what we do every day and why we truly appreciate each and every one of you. If you are looking for something for your Jeep, Ram, Bronco, or Toyota, give us a try. We are here to help. And now, on to another amazing episode of the Modern Jeeper Show. Uh, on our Facebook page there, wow, it is just smoking. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy. Crazy. Oh. Wow. Well, that's, uh, that, yeah, that's, that's, I think we just made that go viral. (laughs) (laughs) The Modern Jeeper Show, the show about Jeeps, Jeeping, and Jeepers. Well, hello, Modern Jeepers. Mattson here, and welcome to episode number nine of the Modern Jeeper Show, the show about Jeeps, Jeeping, and Jeepers. This week is a little different. This week, we're having what is best described as a random show, which means there is no guest, there is no agenda, there is no primary topic. There's only the random thoughts and ideas and discussions between Corey and I about Jeeps, Jeeping, and Jeepers, and the stuff we think is cool, interesting, and worth sharing. We hope you enjoy this random discussion that includes smoking winches, breaking into the off-road industry, and why Corey was with two guys and a bucket of lube in the tire shop. And of course, we have another great tech tip of the week. If you tow a trailer, you'll want to listen to this one. As always, we are extremely grateful to our partners, including Raceline Wheels, Worn Winches, Best Top, Milestar Tires, Rugged Radios, and of course, Metal Cloak. So, sit back. Relax with the cold one and enjoy episode number nine of the Modern Jeeper Show. Hello, Modern Jeepers. Welcome to the Modern Jeeper Show, the show about Jeeps, Jeeping, and Jeepers. This is the random show. Corey, Mr. Modern Jeeper, hello. Hey, guys. And I are going to be uh, just talking about random stuff. Yeah, we do. Uh, Modern Jeeper has, we've done some great interviews. That's right. Our- that's right. I, yeah, I think this will be, this will be good. This kind of breaks up our, our formal routine with having some industry folks um, this gives us a chance for our readers to kind of catch up with us and we get to just share some random stuff. So. Right. Well, because it's really just about us anyway. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so great. So this is the random show. It's the first time we're kind of doing it. Although our first two episodes are really like this. Then we started getting these cool interviews going and we'll get back to cool interviews next uh, but I wanted to get the chance for us to just kind of talk like the way we used to, just uh, BS about what's going on, uh, go over some favorite things that we've been seeing, um, and uh, and just have a great time. Absolutely, I uh, I'm actually on the road. I'm actually headed to uh, our first kind of real formal CTI event of the season out in South Pittsburgh, Tennessee. South Pittsburgh, Tennessee. I've never been there. You know, I've been there once um, for an event at the end of last year, but I've I've still not got to wheel in this park. It, and it's uh, I was kind of hesitant because of all the storms we've had in Colorado. And I got to tell you, I just came over Vail Pass 
and through the Eisenhower and, and Johnson tunnels. And I felt like it's January. Typically, <laughs> we don't see that kind of snow. And it's near the end of March, and there is still so much snow up there, which is good. But wow. Yeah, you sent me that photo. Is that that's a tunnel that goes through the mountain? Yeah, that's actually uh, at the top of they, they, it's kind of known um, for Coloradoites, I guess, is, is the Eisenhower Tunnel. But one side is Eisenhower, one side is Johnson. It's about a little over a mile long uh, tunnel through the top of the mountain. So you can go through the tunnels and therefore bypass Loveland Pass. Typically, Loveland Pass is closed in the wintertime, and, and uh, the hazard, hazardous materials guys have to avoid the tunnels, and they actually have to take the pass. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, kind of interesting. Yeah, that was, it looked beautiful. What a crazy, what a crazy area. But yes, yeah, so this weather has been maddening. You know, last week when I was up in Tillamook, in that area, the I discovered on my my little vacation home up there in Lincoln City that the deck gets very frozen at thirty degrees, and I discovered that the hard way um, on the <laughs> on, on the soft bottom. Me and the dogs all slipping around on the deck, but. And then by the end of the week, it was beautiful, sunny, springtime weather. I come back to Sacramento, Sacramento Monday. I felt like I was almost into summer. And then now it's cold and wet and rainy. Oh, that's, yeah. I I don't know what spring and summertime is going to look like for any of us. Um, it's been so, so odd and, and such a severe winter for the majority of folks in the Midwest. And yeah, well, it's got to make the trail running wild. I mean, it in some cases like the Rubicon trail still has snow on it. Uh, it was, I can't even figure what year it was when by June and they were starting to plan out Jeepers Jamboree, there was still snow and, uh, half the, um, Rubicon Springs was still underwater. So it, you know, it's, it's, it makes for the entire experience. It makes for a cool experience, but at the same time, you know, what are the trails like up there in Colorado? Well, and absolutely. Every year when the runoff takes place, it typically changes the, the nature of the trails. Um, more difficult, extreme stuff like 21 Road outside of Grand Junction, because of runoff coming down that canyon, it moves those giant rocks around and, and trails around the Buena Vista area, Carnage Canyon, Chinaman, all of those trails, they all get changed. So it's going to be, you know, they're talking Red Mountain Pass outside of Uray is still closed. They're talking about some of those trails up in Yankee Boy Basin uh, may not be open until middle of July, which wow. that's that's crazy. Wow. But it'll be interesting because a lot of those trails will be changed from this winter. So if you've been on them before, it's going to be a new experience this year. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, the same thing is true with the Rubicon Trail. It's why the Rubicon every year seems to be different because those rocks get moved around and, and uh, something gets washed out or something else gets filled in. So it makes it for every time you go, it's a little different. The area that was easy last year is hard this year and vice versa. That's actually nice, though. It's, uh, it keeps keeps you guessing. And, uh, yeah, just because you've ran a trail maybe a handful of times in the past or even 50 times in the past, uh, know that this year it'll probably be different if it's affected by water and runoff. But that, that's cool. I mean, it, But you're right. This, this, this weather is insane. Now, you're driving out to Tennessee. What's the weather going to be like out there? Uh, from what I understand, we should be like 60, 61, something like that. I'm, I'm just east of Denver now, um, on I-70 and I'm 53 degrees. It's clear blue skies. It's gorgeous. 
I know that there's another storm coming in tonight. So me leaving Southwest Colorado, the timing was perfect to, to get ahead of this st- next storm. Awesome. So now you're heading to Crawling for Reed, which is a, a fundraising event that's been going on now. Gosh, I'm not sure. I, I think it's it's definitely five years plus. I think that it was a no-brainer making the decision to make the trip out for this fundraiser. It's it's a good cause. These folks are, are ready to go wheeling at Adventure Off-Road Park. And, again, it, it raises money uh, for something that's very near and dear to a lot of folks out there. So uh, I think it's going to be a good weekend. The weather should be good. And, uh, yeah, hopefully hopefully there's a good turnout. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's the, the, you can go to the website, crawlingforreed.com for our listeners. And it's for a kid named Reed Davis Underwood, who, uh, was born with, and I, and I'll, I will butcher this. So I'm just going to say EB, um, a rare genetic connective tissue disorder that causes painful blistering in the skin and mucous membranes. I mean, it's terrible. And they started this event. So he was born in 2014. Um, so it's, uh, it, I'm sure it's been about five years then you're right. And it's out there at that adventure off-road park. And that was one of, uh, our last guest Ian's top parks. We talked about that briefly. So if you, you haven't wheeled this park yet, you've just been there. I've just been there. So we made a stop there last year just to kind of check the place out. And I think that was uh trail fest. I can't remember the exact name of the event, but um, the park has been making improvements over the course of the last year and a half. I think there was a new owner, uh, some kind of transition out there. Um, the, the place looked fantastic. And from I've just heard nothing but good things. And to our listeners who are, I, I had some questions about if I was bringing Spike or Golden Spike to this event. And uh, I got to tell you, I'm not bringing either. Both are still kind of under the knife. Golden Spike is about done, but I had a severe leak come about from the rear main seal and the oil pan gasket. So it, it's going to stay at home for this event, um, but I need so I can get it ready for, for the remainder of the season. So maybe I can get a, a ride with some of our fellow uh, modern Jeepers while I'm out there at this event. Well, yeah, for those that are have been following Modern Jeeper, uh, Philip Thorpe, um, who is the man who kind of keeps the uh, the the forum, Modern Jeeper forum, going strong. P. Thorpe on there, as well as the guy who puts together our weekly newsletters. He's going to be out there with the Metal Cloak Owners Club um, and have that all set up and, and out in there wheeling with him. And uh, you've got what other support you have out there? You have uh, any any other Modern Jeepers that you know of are coming out? I do. I think uh, our friends at uh, um, Off-Road Mafia, Drew, and some of his guys may come up. Um, you know, it's it's always interesting. I I'd never never hear from a whole bunch of folks, and then we all end up at the same event. So <laughs> I, I'm sure that there'll be a, a number of folks. The East East Coast events typically tend to be big, especially if there's wheeling involved. So it should be it should be fun. That's awesome. Well, looking forward to it. Like I said, I'm hoping I can start working my schedule to start some going to some of these events that you've uh, that you've praised about that I want to absolutely yeah and so we do out there do the CTI now CTI you're running what days are you running the CTI so I I think that uh, the event is it's formally all day Saturday so I'm gonna try to do I I mean you know I'm I'm not out there to go wheeling if there are people that want to get on the trailer I will be running the trailer all day long if that's what it takes for me to uh, to get them on there, and uh, hopefully that maybe we'll put up a little a little jar. In addition, we can you know throw five bucks in the jar and, and raise some additional 
funds um, for the cause. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. That's awesome. So, hey, Modern Jeepers, get out there. Chance to go out and uh, and get your CTI on. Check out your Flex uh, with the new trailer, which uh, you've been doing a lot of work on that. There's been photos on Modern Jeeper and on your own personal Facebook page about it. I know it's not totally done, but God, it looks great. It it does. It really, you know, it's been five, six years since we've really, since we've given the trailer some TLC and it was time and we kind of contemplated whether or not we should paint it. Um, I, I had some guys say, hey, you know, maybe you should line X it. And I was very hesitant. Um, it, it turned out awesome. And and the only reason that it's still not done is we we had some issues getting the safety blue. As folks that have seen the trailer know, uh, the frame and whatnot is red, but the pads, the actual hydraulic lift pads are blue. And we wanted a color that was very similar to that. And because of the storms coming through Denver, we had some issues getting that safety blue. So hopefully by the time I get back, uh, they should have received it. Um, we're going to line X the scissors underneath the pads. And then we're just going to we're going to paint tops of those pads uh, that same safety blue again with kind of an industrial single stage paint and uh, hopefully it'll, it'll last a little bit longer. And uh, if I need to, I can touch it up. So, but the, the trailer looks great. Raceline stepped up with some, some new trailer wheels that actually match the truck. Nice. Um, and, and yeah, I think today we may be talking about some trailer tires and I have a few <laughs> thoughts. Uh, on some yes. Trailer and our, tires. our tech tip of the week, we will talk trailer tires. Yeah, it looks well. It looks great, and and just for our our listeners, in case they are trying to understand, the reason we are not linexing the top of the pads is because if you've been on the CTI trailer, you know that tires move around. Linex is a great uh, great surface, but it, the grippiness of that would grab the tire, and we want the tires the tires need to be able to slip uh, as you're lifting it up so that they adjust accordingly and not just be caught and pulled. Exactly. So that trailer has done thousands and thousands of CTIs and, and, and those lifts have just been workhorses. So it did, you're right. It did deserve this TLC. Uh, it's awesome that you had a chance to do it and, uh, and get it done. Well, you know, it's funny. It's been, that trailer has been in so many pictures. And even when I took it to the Linux guys who aren't necessarily jeepers, they're like, wait a minute, we've seen this thing in pictures all over the internet. And I thought, you know, yeah, it's time for us to make that trailer uh, representative of, of some pictures. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and you also, and I almost made the tech tip of the week on how to polish aluminum because you've been doing a lot of that lately, man. You're, you're, you, you, can you move your arm? I take it. You can move your arms today. Well, barely. I, you know, I just hold the steering wheel today. So my shoulders are pretty dead. I, uh, I've had a lot of folks um, respond with some some kind of what they would use to polish aluminum, and I've tried, oh, I don't know, six or seven different chemicals, sprays, cleaners, uh, and it turns out they all do something a little bit different. Um, a lot of aluminum deoxidizers, like that they would use on airplanes and whatnot, they are for kind of a painted aluminum surface. So a raw diamond plate aluminum that maybe even has some some pores open to it to spray some of these brighteners on there just turns the aluminum white which was uh kind of freaked me out at first uh it looks really really clean but it really does turn the aluminum 
white. And that, that really wasn't the look I was going for. Um, I tried to dilute a lot of different things and clean different spots and, and nothing really worked well except for one thing. And that's mother's aluminum polish. The problem and, with, go ahead. And, yeah. and, and Corey muscle. Yes. The, the, the issue with that is people that know the trailer, we're talking about 20 feet of diamond plate um, to polish by hand, literally using your fingers in between the, the, the little diamond pieces of the aluminum plates. It takes a long time. So I worked on some squares about, oh, I don't know, two hours yesterday before I could stop moving my shoulders. Um, I, I, I'll say this. It, it looks good. It looks good. Um, and so you mean to tell me in all you, you mean to tell me in all the stuff you have in your in your shop you don't have a handheld polishing buffer? I actually have an orbital, <laughs> and I, I you, use you do. The, I use the orbital, but the problem with the orbital or, uh, the orbital is that it it gets to the top portions of the little diamonds really really well. It ah. doesn't get in between them as hard as as my fingers ah. would to actually polish it. Makes sense. So maybe a different buffing wheel or something like that would have worked better. But um, yeah, maybe at each event I'll work on it for like an hour. And then, you know, in a couple of months, it'll, the deck will be done. I'll have to start all over. <laughs> <laughs> like the Golden Gate Bridge. The, the, <laughs> they start painting at one end. And by the time they get the other end, they turn around and start painting it again. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. That's great. So that's that. It's fun. Yeah, you, you get to go out there and do this event. You get to go out and support a great cause. I love the idea of having the the tip jar out there or the donation jar. You know, we we do the CTIs for free, and you you and I both know you get people all the time walking up and saying, "Hey, how much is this? Hey, how much does it cost to do this?" And they're floored. And I think there's only been a couple of events where we've actually made it a fundraiser, right? Don't you do that for um, set them free? For yes, uh, well, it set them free. We um, have had a tip jar out there in the past. We also do some $5 donations uh, during all for fun. Uh, oh, okay. Stay, stay the trail. Cool. Yeah. So it, it, it's great. I think it might be something just to start doing. It's just, I think people would be willing to support it. Little donation jar. It's great for it because we can, everywhere we're going, every event we're doing is is generally speaking a nonprofit fundraiser for something that just helps with the jeeping and off-road lifestyle. Absolutely. And, and folks need to understand that, that Metal Cloak is the one who pays me to go and do these events. These, these tips that would be accumulating in, in a tip jar uh, in no way, shape or form gets to me. I'm, I'm taken care of, but I would love to start some kind of a trend where we're donating that to stay the trail or whatever the local cause may be. Well, I think that that's that would be a great thing, especially as we're expanding this. You know, for for our listeners who have this has been the Metal Cloak CTI tour uh, this year. There's there's a little bit of a shift in that it's there's more of a modern Jeeper element to all of this that you're doing across the country, and that's 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 huge in in just the shift on how we're looking at things um, and part of its future. And I think. Modern Jeepers purpose and drive is, is to support all these clubs and organizations and support the Jeeping lifestyle and promote it. So anything we can do to, to, to forward that, I think we should. Absolutely. No, I think that's a, a great idea. And, um, yeah, you know, after, after crawling for Reed, um, I, I may hit a couple of shops and just stop and say hi on the way back. Uh, but we're, we're full steam. We're going to be right back in the mix of, of the, uh, unlimited off-road show in dallas texas 
which then butts up against Easter Jeep Safari. Daytona Beach is directly after Easter Jeep Safari this year. So we're we're going to be full swing for the next five, six weeks. And in terms of numbers, five, six weeks with these events, we're probably talking another thousand CTIs easily being done in just that five, six week period. Oh, absolutely. Well, uh, typically at Easter Jeep Safari, we run close to 300 while we're there. We'll do about the same in Daytona. Uh, Dallas, we'll do another couple of hundred. I, I'm sure we'll get a thousand out of just five weeks. Yeah, that's crazy. That's awesome. So we have that uh, this weekend. Uh, we are in the midst of planning for Stampede. Uh, we know we were out by the, the Prairie City course last uh, or yesterday. Scott and I went out there just to check it out, and they were tearing up the course and starting to work on the jumps and all the fun stuff that makes that that race exciting. Um, it does plan on being a rainy day on Friday and Saturday morning right now, which can make for a mud fest. That was, it was two, three years ago. Stampede was a total mud fest raining all day, every day. Yes. Um, and, and that was fun to see what these racers were doing from putting like chain link fence type stuff on their front windshield to, to, to try to catch some of the mud and keep it off of them, the big chunks, especially. And then trying to wash their cars. Now, some guys, like, I don't know, Levi Shirley, whatever he sprays on the outside of his rig, it his was always beautiful. There was never any mud on it. It seems to always fall off. Uh, you know, some of the other guys had to just clean their rigs every time just to make sure their sponsors were happy or you could even see who they were. Uh, so it's, it's going to be fun, though. I think the great, uh, great attendance out there. Um, we have a lot of good stuff planned and including where you have, uh, a little open house happening here Friday night uh, for the drivers, their teams, um, and the Ultra Four staff just taking care of them. You know, between uh, Friday, the Friday schedule usually starts about noon, goes till about five thirty, and that is all of prequal testing, all that stuff. And they do the they do the whole time trial where it's one after another after another to determine starting orders on Saturday. Saturday racing goes all day. You know, probably the last race will end sometime around uh, six thirty or seven, depending on how the schedule goes. Um, and it's it's just go 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 all day. So they do all the prequal and all the all the time trials and stuff on Friday. That evening, uh, we're bringing the the teams and their racers and their and the, and uh, families and the Ultra Force staff over here to Metal Cliff World headquarters, which is about ten minutes from the racetrack, uh, and having uh, an open house here and a. Uh, just kind of hang out, taco bars, margaritas, all that fun stuff. And then we'll uh, be out there, of course, all day uh, Saturday. And we have a special des- shirt we designed this year. Um, every year I do a shirt. I try to have the on the front of the shirt the winner from last year. And so last year's shirt was orange and black it ha- and white, and it had Levi Shirley on it because he won the previous year. But in 2018, um, uh, Waylon Campbell came in as the number one. So this year's shirt is monster green with black and white and with Waylon Campbell honoring him on the front of the shirt or on the back of the shirt there. So, uh, and and we sell those shirts, they're 15 bucks a piece or two for 20 and they usually sell out. So, you know, if you're out there, come on by, um, check it out. Of course we give shirts to the teams and stuff too, for their, for their, uh, their use. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be fun. And we're, we're just kind of in the midst of it right now. We got to get flags up and all this planning and all this fun stuff, get all of our Jeeps out there, get them all cleaned. Uh, the CT, our CTI trailer will be out there, but not for CTI testing. We're going to, we're actually going to park it at the entrance of the park. So you can't miss it where the race is at as you're coming in. Um, and, uh, it should be fun. But so you were there a couple of years ago, weren't you? 
I was. I think I was there for the last uh, rainy uh, episode. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was fun to watch, like you said, the racers being in the mud and see how they deal with that. But one of the things I really like about the Metal Cloak Stampede at Prairie City is, as compared to all the other Ultra 4 races, this one is unique because as spectators, you can actually see the race. Right. You can actually sit in the stands and watch them go pretty much the majority of the entire course whereas at typical races you know you don't you don't get to see that yeah you know even even glen helen which is cut was a really cool racetrack and i had a chance of uh, commentating at that one once you you could only see the section you were in it's like there was there was where i was at doing the commentary i could see the one section in front of me and then it would tie off to some other section that I'd have to be listening in on what's happening over there and then another section. So you're right. It's kind of, it is the one place where there is a full and complete track right there um, at Prairie City. And you can see, and you might not see one section or the other, but for the most part, you can track the entire race. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty unique. A lot different than uh, some of the other venues where they take off and you don't see them until they either cross a certain point or, or something right. like that. And, you know, and they're doing so much live stuff now. Uh, the live coverage has been excellent. And, and I don't know what they have planned for, for this one, but I know that they've been doing some great work on that. So, so, you know, if you don't get a chance to be out here, if you're not in Northern California, you're not coming to the race itself or any of the races across the country, make sure to check out ultra4.com slash live because they usually have something streaming there or through their Facebook page. Yeah, the, the live feed is actually a little bit more comfortable sometimes than being out on the course, especially <laughs> if it's rainy. It might be okay to sit back and, and enjoy well, that. Well, the live feed for KOH was phenomenal. I mean, God, it was just, you know, they had, they had one of the helicopters seemed to be a little dyslexic, but outside of that, it was, it was, it was phenomenal coverage sitting at home or sitting here in our case, the office and one of having, having the, the, the ultra four feed playing on one of my four monitors. It was great. You got everything you needed. It was probably better than standing out there in the cold in the middle of the desert. Well, I can guarantee you it was a little uh, more comfortable than it was <laughs> uh, standing out there for sure. For sure. So we got these events coming up. There's so much more going on. And, you know, you have really over the next five weeks after this, you have some of my favorite events, you, you, you know, Easter Jeep Safari, always a great one. We talked to Ian about that one last week. Uh, Jeep Beach, great event. It's amazing. It's an amazing event for Jeep enthusiasts to come out and see just how many fellow Jeepers are out there, how many vendors are out there supporting it. And, um, and, coming from all over. I mean, you got guys coming from half the East Coast to, to that event. Absolutely. And what's so unique about a, a show like Jeep Beach is, again, it, it gives everybody ideas as to what and how they should build their own rigs. And we all try to be unique. And we all think that we are pretty imaginative, but it's amazing to see what some of these folks come up with when it comes down to building their rigs and what they've done uh, there was a, one of the Jeeps that sticks out in my mind um, was a, a gentleman that lives in Florida and his, his entire Jeep was a alligator and literally down to the scales in the paint uh, of the alligator skin. It was, it was, it was great. Is it, is it raining on you? No, but I can hear the rain. Yeah. Oh, it's raining here. That's oh. what we hear. It's, oh, it's not, I'm sorry. It's not raining here. It's hailing here. We are in, we're in the middle of a hailstorm, so if that sound you hear, if you hear it in the background for our listeners, because I hear it, I'm like, I'm not looking at my screen. I'm just hearing this noise, and I assumed it was coming from you. But, yeah, we got <laughs> hail, 
tail coming down uh, right outside the window, and um, which would be interesting for uh, for the guys out there at Prairie City working on the race course right now. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, it's um, that's funny that I can hear it, and I'm, um, I'm thinking, is that no? It's not me because I have blue skies above me. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, that's that's this this amazing microphone we had that picks up everything. But that's, that's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. So, uh, uh, weather aside, so yeah, it it is. There's some some great events out there. Now, I wanted to talk about our podcast because I, I this is episode. I don't even. I think I lost count. Is this number nine? This is number nine. I think so. And, yeah. Yeah. So we've almost done ten episodes, and we've been pretty fortunate. We got some incredible interviews that we've done. Oh, and, for sure. For sure. It, what any of your favorite? What's your favorite so far? I mean, you, just be honest. Who's the favorite interview you had? You know, I don't know. I I, I mean, Jason Shear was great, just because um, I've only gotten to talk to the man a, a handful of times, just briefly. So to be able to spend an hour and a half just actually chatting with him was I, I thought was great. But but everybody, I mean, Axel um, from Unlimited Off Road expo the shows uh ian uh light bright folks like it, it's been lee from best top we, we've had a bunch of really good industry people and it's it for me it's been it's been fun because like i i, I agree jason was one of my favorites because i actually think even though we didn't get into a lot of his other world and 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 offered we really covered a lot of the racing and i thought that was great whereas i feel like with ian uh, you know, I, I wish I could, I wish we could do like two and a half, three hours. Cause I think we could do with these guys because I feel like we, we didn't cover everything. Larry, we didn't cover everything. Uh, Lee, I don't think you covered. I mean, it's like, it, it, it's, it's fun to do these things, but man, I, I just want, you know, we need to sit down for, for an afternoon and record it all and then take those and break it up into, into multiple shows. And, and I'll put it out to our audience. Like, do they want to have more about that? You know, maybe, Maybe we'll do a little survey and, and ask you guys out there, our listeners, like, what do you want? Are we focusing on the right things? Are we asking the right questions? And, you know, there are things you'd rather have. And if we can plan it out properly, we can even get to the point where we're we're asking the questions ahead of time. Like, hey, we are going to be interviewing so-and-so. What are the questions you want to know? Right. Well, and there's so, like you, you, you've mentioned, Larry, I mean, we could have a full day just having a conversation with him about things that he's done and we didn't cover so much of, of what he's done in, in his off-road lifetime. These guys, they, they humble me. I got to tell you, they humble me. I mean, I, I'm like, you know, I, I look at my time and go, wow, I, I, I kind of wasted something. I, <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, well, I think oh, it's interesting. I'm I think- kind of a loser compared to these guys. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we get a lot of questions. I get a lot of questions around the country about, you know, how do we get into the industry and what do we need to do different? And we want to do what you do. And, and you know, it's kind of interesting because I think people really do, uh, they end up, if they, if they pursue their passion, they end up falling into these things that it, it is ends up doing exactly what they want to be doing. Maybe not immediately, but it takes some time and, and it evolves from relationships and people we meet all throughout the industry over years and years and years. And I think all the people that we've had on the show have been similar to that or, or fit that similar profile. They've, they've changed. They've, they've not set out from 
the time they were 16 years old and said, I'm going to go race to Baja 1000. Uh, right. I don't think that exists, but right. you know, I think everybody has a, a good, they, they have a path and, and maybe that path leads them down in different roads. But if you have a passion for something, I believe that everybody eventually comes back into the fold and, and, and people should end up doing what they want to do. I, I agree. That's very well said. It's very well said. Our lives are an evolution. And, and the beauty of our lives today is that we can have different chapters. I mean, the, the Metal Cloak for me is probably chapter number four. Uh, right, and I know, right. You know, we, we've had these chapters in our lives. And I was a, I was a financial planner and I had my own uh, event marketing and graphic design company. And I, I, you know, I was a CFO for a company. I, I've been down different paths and, you know, and Metal Cloak is just the latest chapter and Modern Jeeper is part of that, that journey for you and, and the chapters you've gone. I mean, you're, you are, are a classic example of somebody who, who turned something that was an absolute passion of yours. Uh, one would say almost an addiction. Uh, into a way of making a living. And, and, and that's your journey has been great. Well, and I think I'm, again, I, I'm extremely fortunate and very lucky that, uh, again, having, having met some of the right people at the right time. And I, I, I knew that I was tired of sitting behind a desk. And I, I always enjoyed grabbing a wrench and I always enjoyed learning. I, I'm not a mechanic. I don't ever claim to be a mechanic, but I love trying to fix something and, and working on things. And, and really that led down this whole, this whole path in this off-road adventure. And uh, yeah, modern Jeeper is definitely an extension of that. And, and hopefully we, I don't know, inspire some others out there to kind of, Hey, you, you can follow your dreams. You can follow your passions and it, it may not seem like it right now, but this isn't a, um, a sprint. This is definitely a marathon. Yes, it is. And, and, you know, we, we both know guys who are in the industry who have made a living selling product in the industry that started with one little thing they built for themselves. And, uh, and then somebody else wanted it and, and, uh, somebody else wanted it for that, whether it's I mean, Steve at power tank or, or, uh, I remember Brad Kilby. That's kind of how he started, uh, back in the day and, and, uh, so many others and factor 55 and, and, um, John over at, uh, at S pod, I mean, building something for themselves and then building a successful company around it as people wanted it, you know, and it's, you can take that and we, and we get questions. I mean, as, as a manufacturer, we get customers all the time who, Hey, I have an idea for something and send it over to us. And, and that's always tough because we know engineering takes a lot more than an idea. It takes a lot of work to do. And, and they're so loaded up with projects in the future that we can't really take those and run with them successfully. Um, but it's, it, you know, for somebody to have an idea and to be able to start doing that and, and it just takes one, you know, sell that first one, sell that next one. And, and in your case, being able to, you know, I, I've done the opposite. I, I, I went, you know, there's an old thing in the Navy, but, you know, you want to become a chief, uh, and, and you get to be a chief because a chief has power, but the chief is a desk job. So if you actually like doing the job you want to do, never become a chief. And the, the, the same is true here. It's like I spend more time in the desk now than I ever did before, um, which is one of the reasons why I had to go on this whole health kick because I was gaining the weight, you know, whereas I kind of did the opposite. I got into the industry and I get to have a lot of fun, but I am spending a lot of time in the desk just managing and, and doing what needs to be done. So so I sometimes I just want to trade places with you, Corey, and say, all right, for this next two months, I'm on the road. You guys can all <laughs> There you out. go. Corey's in charge. Yeah. I, one of the hardest things, uh, 
I remember in transitioning into when I was running the title insurance branches, uh, my, my hardest thing was giving up the productivity. And I felt like as a manager, I wasn't being productive because that was no longer my role. And that was a really hard transition to where there was no work going out the door that I touched. I was more in charge of making sure the work did go out the door without actually doing it. And that's kind of weird for a hands-on person that you really want to, you want to get dirty. You want to get in the grid of things and you want to help yet part of that management role is to build people and without managers and, and supervisors and, and that whole side of it, then nothing would get done. So uh, it's, it's uh yeah, there's definitely a balancing act for sure. Yeah. It, it, and that is, and that's, that's the life of the beauty of it, but being able to do that and be able to, to work towards it. Anybody can, anybody can work towards this industry and, and being a part of this industry and just finding ways to applying their own talents to this industry. Cause there's quite a bit of, um, I think we've yeah. talked about it. I think we talked about it in the past that really our industry is the people business. And, and if you can communicate with people, if you can have a conversation with people and talk to them and relate to what their needs are or to, or just relate to them at all, you're going to be successful. And, and our industry is about, the, the successful people in our industry are really good communicators and they're really good with being around other people. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the biggest thing is one of the, and enjoying being around other people because you know, you have to enjoy the people that you see. It's amazing how many friends I have now, uh, how many different people across the country um, I've had a chance to meet and, and not just customers and, and vendor guys, but just, just people, whether you're a customer of Metal Cloak or not, um, I, I appreciate hanging out with you. I appreciate getting an opportunity to, to wheel with you and to learn because there's, there's guys out there with a lot more experience than me. And I, I, and I enjoy learning from them. I enjoy, I enjoy learning from you. I mean, I learned so much from you just in the early days of after I met you about, uh, just, just the industry. And, well, and again, uh, we all we all just take and we feed off of each other, and that's how we all grow. So, yeah, yeah that works. Exactly, exactly. So, hey, uh, you know, part of being on the random show, my friends, is jumping all over into random subjects, and 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 I was thinking about videos, and and you know, it's always cool out there. We're watching videos and things on YouTube, and our friends like over at Light Bright, and any any cool videos you've seen recently. Um, you know, I, I came across uh, some some friends of mine. Uh, they've actually uh, been on our Moab uh, Modern Jeeper adventure. Uh, you got to meet um, Brian and Jody McDaniel uh, yes. at the event. Yes. Uh, I got a, a video from him, and I actually shared it on our, our Modern Jeeper Facebook page of his winch melting, basically. Oh. It, it actually went into gear and into a, a, the motor turned itself on that melted some wires and it started to spool in. They had a, he had a factor 55 ultra hook on it that kept it from pulling itself uh, completely apart, but it did pull the bumper into the winch and just basically smoked the motor, smoked all the wiring. And is this on our, is this on the modern Jeeper adventure group or Facebook page? I believe I shared it onto the just the Modern Jeeper Facebook page. Oh, the Modern Jeeper Facebook page. Okay, cool. And uh, he he tried to get a hold of Super Winch to see you know what what they were willing to do. It turns out the place that he bought it from um, is actually going to warranty it for him since Super Winch is of course in a transition mode. I think with Weston 
purchasing them and whatnot. Right. But uh, I'm sure eventually that the the folks that he bought it from will get it back to Super Winch, but they're going to exchange him and give him a, a warn. Um, I, I'd never seen a winch just kind of implode like that before. Yeah, that's that's great. I'm watching the video now, and uh, it's hard sometimes to keep up on all the stuff that gets posted, and I'm watching it now, and I, but wow. That is that is pretty crazy. Yeah, guys, check it out. Modern Jeeper uh, on our Facebook page there. Wow, it is just smoking. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy. Crazy. Oh, wow. Well, that's uh, that. Yeah, that's that's. I think we just made that go viral. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, and man. Our, our friends at Lightbright definitely um, keep us. Uh, on our toes as well they've they've put up quite a few videos and uh, they're always entertaining to watch and mm-hmm. um, well i know they were just going out and getting uh getting a new trailer and uh, that was one of the, the more recent videos i saw um and uh getting the aluma uh, is that aluma uh trailers the aluminum trailers I mean, it's just that which is super lightweight it seems to be you know perfect for uh, for the jl absolutely and, uh, you know, throw some other. So yeah, they're always fun. Uh, there's been some fun stuff on there. Then of course we have, um, stampede video that was actually just posted on modern today, which is really just our commercial. But if you go to YouTube and you type in medical stampede, there's some great videos there, uh, from, uh, from, uh, ultra four racing. Yeah. From the King of the Hammers and, uh, not only of last year's events and stuff, but it's fun to watch those again and again. And, and just see how good one they do in videoing uh, and uh, and taping these these events and these races. And if you've been out there, it's like there's there's a couple of places where there's a guy just sitting on a chair and he's running a drone. Now, most of the time we think of drones as being a, the thing flying in the sky to see the big overhead view that usually takes a helicopter, but now we can do it with drones. But at at Stampede last year, he was just at one rock obstacle, and all he was doing was using the drone to fly around the rock obstacle and just capture different angles and follow the cars as they were going along the rock obstacle. It was incredible. Now, now I, I've got a drone. My father bought me one for, for uh, Christmas. It's a small one. It's nothing special. And, and, but it still is it. I've thrown it. I've, I've flown that four times. I've gone into trees four times. So, so <laughs> I, I, me and remote control, I've got to work on it because I've always wanted to do it, but apparently I don't have what it takes. Whereas this guy is sitting there and he's just, going along the cars, you know, as they're bouncing around and doing all the stuff and flying at him, he's just following along and getting his video. I mean, a, a consummate professional, but it was incredible seeing the footage uh, that he was getting from that. But yeah, it's, yeah, me and drones, uh, so far we have not gotten along. Uh, you know, I, I'm admitting that on, in, in the public. Um, but uh, I have, I have avoided getting it run over by a car. So that was good. Well, there you go. I, I think that as, as technology has gotten so much better, uh, so apparently some of these drones are much easier to fly. I remember a couple of years ago, actually, um, Axel's son, Marvin, Marvin Stammel, had a friend, and, I, and I, his friend is overseas, but the drone that, that uh, he had let Marvin test and you'd have to you'd have to look up Marvin Stammel on his Facebook page to find out the name of that company. But that drone could fly and and record footage completely without any controller. So you could actually set it up to fly above your your rig, and and it, it was extremely good. It was expensive. It was I think it was a couple thousand dollars, but you could fly through a group of trees, and this 
drone had an avoidance system that wouldn't let it hit any branches or nothing. It was insane. It was crazy, but really super good footage. You know, I've seen one. I've done some like Kickstarter and Indiegogo things, and I I saw one pop up on Indiegogo uh, that was like that. It was like the video is showing somebody running and the like running, doing some trail running. And the drone is following him like it's 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 locked on to that individual. And as the person's trail running through these trails through the woods, the drone is going. And we've we've thought about that because it'd be cool. You know, hey, have have a drone following your specific vehicle you know, right. going through right. the Rubicon Trail or something. It, it, and yeah, the technology is phenomenal. The problem and like the challenge with that particular one is the battery lasts like 16 minutes. Right. right. And that's, and that's pretty much the, the issue with all of them is you don't get a lot of flight time because the batteries are so heavy. And what do you do about that? Like, Oh, cool. I get this like, Oh, but I wanted this next section. Uh, unless you just have a bunch of batteries and you stop and change them and stop and change them. Right. Um, right. But that can, that sounds a little costly too. What they need is they need to be full on solar powered, uh, d- flying drones like they had on, um, Terminator, right? Cause all those were just solar powered drones that were killing machines. But in case we just, you know, solar powered drone following you around your personal drone and we would all have them, right? I, like just, it. I think it, I'm thinking we just go around, we go to an event. There's a bunch of personal drones flying around. Hey, your drone hit my drone. Yeah. It, hey, buddy, back off. It's my drone. My drone was there first. <laughs> I like it. I, um, can you imagine? I mean, I get it with all the social media uh, channels that we have access to. How can we how can we record everything? Right. And, and right. weed out because everybody wants to see me eating a chili dog at Lowe's, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, my, my uncle once told me, he goes, yeah, live your life as if a camera's following you all the time. And this was, you know, 27 years ago. He told me that 28 years ago. And the reality is today, there's a camera everywhere. That's exactly right. Yeah, it's like whether whether it's physically there or just that person who happens to pick up the phone and say, "Hmm, I'm going to capture this for a moment." You have to live your life unless you just don't care, uh, and uh, in which case, that's totally fine. <laughs> one one of my bosses from my past, uh, her comment was, "Live a clean life." Yeah. Something that simple, and it made a lot of sense because you just never know who's watching. So live a clean yeah. life. Live a clean life, or <laughs> strive for popularity with some other <laughs> aspect. <laughs> right. right. So uh, modern Jeeper. Okay, for all of our friends out there, modernjeeper.com. You've you've learned about it from us. You've been doing great. I mean, our our the hits are doing awesome. You obviously appreciate many of the uh, uh, the articles we're posting. And uh, like today's article was actually a repost from last year, but with Stampede coming up, it just made sense to to show it. It was one of my favorites because it just showed all the different Jeeps uh, or Jeep themed vehicles that are actually out there uh, in the world of Ultra 4 um, and that were actually at Stampede. So and that's and that's only a small fraction because I'm sure out at uh, KOH, you saw a lot more rigs with the Jeep grill or the Jeep looking or the modified Jeep. You know there were, uh, and of course, every all these races that we go to, the the folks are, are the majority of the spectators are are Jeep owners, they're off road people. So yeah, we see kind of a, a plethora of a mix and match of. Koh tends to be a little 
interesting because there's definitely a, a group of Toyota guys and and a, a group of pickup guys and that kind of you know there, there's a there's a big mixture there. Whereas I think Prairie City is a lot more focused. Yeah, yeah, Prairie City is definitely more focused, um, and it's there's a lot more local guys, and we have the advantage of having some great local racers up here too. Uh, between the Gomez brothers, um, who are always entertaining and crazy. So, you know, looking at some of the articles, like one of my favorites that recently got posted, it's still up there on the homepage, was Cheap Jeeps by uh, Kurt Schneider. Oh, yeah. Um, that was really cool. And I also happened to see, and I'll give everybody a little uh, little sneak peek, there's this great article being written about events that uh, that you're doing. And uh, it's got a little ways to go before you're ready to p- publish it. But I'm looking forward to seeing that one go up. It, I saw just some of the preliminary stuff on it, and it's it's a very 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 good uh, commentary about events. Well, I think that people, you know, all of these all of these events that come up, whether they're trail rides or whether they're a vendor show, um, the the support for the aftermarket and this Jeep lifestyle, the 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 lifestyle that we all are passionate about, and these vehicles that are enabling us to get out and and explore the country whether it's if you are a fisherman or whether you're camping or whether you're just wanting to go out in the hills and get away from everybody i think that it all plays a role and it it all comes back together and and even though going to an event that may be a trail ride or at a vendor show when we buy a product it's it's promoting this lifestyle thing and uh, I think that every event has its own personality, just like every one of our Jeeps have their own personalities. And as we go forward and the events evolve and we evolve as Jeepers, um, whether we, you know, we start out building some crazy rock crawling thing and then we go, you know what, I'm not interested in doing that anymore. I just want to drive to the mall. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just part of the aspect of that Jeep lifestyle. So, right. yeah, I, I think that it's um, it's hard to kind of put that all into a, a few paragraphs and and uh, get the gist of it. But uh, yeah, I, well, I'm not sure how many events we've been to in the last five years, but each one of them has its own its own little personality to it, mm-hmm. and they're all different. Every single. Easter Jeep Safari is far different than Daytona Beach, which is far different than the New Jersey Jeep Invasion, which is far different than Tierra del Sol. So, yeah, trying to to mash all that into, okay, this whole Jeep lifestyle thing is a pretty big subject. It is. And that's that's the beauty of the modern Jeeper was when you and I first discussed creating it, it was was for all Jeepers. It wasn't just for – the hardcore rock crawler or the mall crawler or the overlander. It's it's we're all, we all own Jeeps. That's right. And and we're all doing something special to make our Jeeps uniquely ours. And we all have a goal with our Jeeps. You know, when, when customers call metal cloak, it, it becomes an important part of the discussion as to what is the purpose of your rig? You know, we're not going to sell you a hardcore rock crawling kit if that's not what you need, because, because, we can give you the performance you need and the performance you want. Um, and for the dollar amount that, that the minimum dollar amount needed to make it all happen. And based on what your goals and dreams are for your rig, 
I like to say that your Jeep speaks to you and you're out going it, you take it and you use it for something. You, you know that it's telling you it needs something more and um, you can always upgrade and you can always go to the next level because we see that a lot. You know, you and I have both know guys are out there and they started with a basic kit and they started with something simple and they started going out and they got the bug. You know, they got the bug, they got caught up, they, they, they want it, they want that lifestyle, and now they're trying that next trail. And it's a little bit of upgrade, and, and, and it's good. We get upgrade and stuff. But you don't have to be this hardcore dude to have a Jeep. You don't have to be building your Jeep to go climb, uh, you know, the, to go through the Rubicon. You don't have to be building your Jeep for that. It's, it's how I build my Jeep, and, and it's why I built my Jeep. But, uh, you, you know, if you're just building your Jeep because it's a great convertible to have out around town in the summer, that's totally fine too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and and it also allows for the variety of companies we see, right? I mean, gosh, we have so many different companies in this industry right now. It's, it's a great golden time. You know, it's like the golden era. And I use gold sparingly here because, you know, Metal Cloak is all about the gold, but it's the <laughs> golden era of, of jeeping. You, you have amazing off-road rigs cap- capability an incredible plethora of products available on the market, not only from our sponsors and friends, but from others in the industry for all different rigs. And you can, you can, whether you've got an old CJ or a brand new JL, there are things out there to help you make your rig uh, amazing. And, and, and you think about it and you start thinking about the other off four by four rigs in the industry, right? The Toyotas and the, and while Toyota trucks, yeah, there's a lot of options and stuff for them. You know, if you have an old FJ, a lot of what you're doing is custom, you right? Know, just, you don't have that plethora of, of products. And, and uh, even in the newer ones, a lot of what you're doing is custom. Uh, we have a customer out there. He, uh, he builds, and unfortunately his the company name slips in my mind, but we'll put it in the show notes. Um, and he uses the Duraflex joints for building uh, control arms for the new FJ cruisers. And, um, and it's just a you know, unique little thing that it has a little niche market he uses. Um, but it's, uh, it's a great little thing, but there just aren't a lot of companies out there building stuff for these other four by four rigs. And with the advent of the new, uh, Bronco coming, whenever that hits the market, it'll be interesting to see if that, if, if the market embraces it or if it's just the big companies that are making stuff because they need to, and the general enthusiast companies never form. Right. And I, and I think that the newer, uh, of course, you know, with, uh, the advent, uh, the JL being released, the JK, when it came on the market, everything is a little slow to see how people react. And then once things do get rolling and they understand that there's money behind these, these ideas and that there is a market for them to produce something. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if, if something like the new Bronco does, is it going to cause people to go, yeah, I'm going to upgrade this or are they going to want to keep it exactly like it is and just run it. I, I, who knows? Yeah, that's great. It's great. Well, tell you what, man, we need to, let's move on to the tech tip of the week. Um, and, uh, and there, unless there's some more things you want to talk about, cause I don't mean to cut you off. No, I think we're good. I think that, um, yeah, the tech tip of the week, uh, us talking a little bit about some trailer tires is, is appropriate as we get started through the <laughs> event season. So, um, so little, little backstory. Corey has had a lot of experience with trailer tires and I have to say, because not only have I taken that trailer uh, uh, cross country when we first had it built um, and it just had whatever the stock tires were for, for it. Um, then you had a set of tires on there from one of our supporters, Falcon. 
uh, for a while. And then you've got the new Tyler's on there. And I, I'm going to knock on wood, but I, I mean, the, the, the failure rate has been nil. I mean, it's, it's amazing. And, 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 and it could be just how well we built the trailer, but, but talk about trailer and trailer maintenance and what you're doing to, to, with these trailers, with the tires. Well, so it's kind of interesting because we, of course, we have a lot of friends in the industry that pull trailers, uh, whether they're other vendors or they're other Jeepers going to events that haul their, their, their rock crawler on a trailer. And I see pictures all the time of people blowing out trailer tires. And a lot of it has to do with whether or not those axles are actually square on the trailer. Um, load ratings play a huge role. I can't stress that enough. Just because you have a trailer tire does not mean that it's going to support. Uh, and, I, and I think, I don't know, I'm going to say this and I'll probably get uh, put my flame suit on. I think the majority of people overload their trailers and, a lot of these trailers are, they may have 3,500 pound axles so they can haul 7,000 pounds. People don't deduct the weight of the trailer from that. And then they right. throw a four door JK on there. That's full of gear. I'm sorry, but yeah, you're going to lose trailer tires eventually. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've had really good luck and, and we've, the, the first set of really stout tires we put on this were the, the Falcon R 52s. They no mm-hmm. longer make those tires. They were, <laughs> I, I think they weren't selling it any cause people were buying them and then they just, they just kept lasting. You put, you put how many miles on those? I think I had close to 45,000 miles, which is unheard of on a trailer tire. Right. And, and um, I think it just, this finally just got down to the, the, the tread just being worn down, but that was, that was amazing. Yeah. And now our, our, our most recent tire, which are the, these Milestar tires, these are a 16 ply tire. Each tire is 110 PSI capable 4,000 plus load rating. So I don't care that the trailer can only carry, let's say, let's say it's 10,000 pounds. Let's say it's got 5,000 pound axles on it. Those tires are are rated to support that kind of weight. We can abuse them. We can drag the trailer through rough roads, potholes, and and they 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 hold up. Um, I will tell you that uh, when I when I peeled them off the steel, you know, the trailer used to have these steel white wheels on it, and uh, right, right, just some stock uh, wheels uh, that we bought. Right, and so. Uh, Raceline stepped up and we got some Raceline Defender trailer wheels that match the truck and uh, peeling those 16 ply tires off of a steel <laughs> wheel. Um, <laughs> let me just say that it took, there, there's a minimum of two of us and a machine, a tire machine, a good tire machine, and sometimes three of us. Um, the sidewalls on these trailer tires are so thick, the, the literally the bead on the tire is about an inch and a half thick no joke oh my god so think about an inch and a half bead trying to peel that thing off of a now a steel wheel is is easy because we can mar it up we can scratch it we can get a tire iron in there and we can mm-hmm. kind of pry on it all of a sudden you get a nice black aluminum wheel on there and it becomes a little bit you have to kind of put your kid gloves on and go okay we gotta l- use a lot of lube so three guys in a bucket of lube in a tire shop, if you can imagine what that looks like, it's it's no joke. Those tires are stout. And with the wheel and the tire for a trailer tire to weigh 85, 90 pounds, yeah, they're, yeah. they're a serious, serious tire. 
I've ran these, the mile stars have now been on there for a full year. We bought these at the beginning of last season. Yeah. You did 40,000 yeah. miles last year. Wow. 40,000 miles last year. And you can barely tell that we ran them. Wow. I, I, I just get more and more impressed with Milestar. I mean, you know, between uh, what we've got the Patagonias on here, um, between running the 37-inch Patagonia ATs, our new AT, on our amped Jeep when we were doing the FMVSS testing, uh, you know, that was a huge risk because we had never run those tires before. We threw those 37-inch tires on there and said, let's throw it out there with our three-and-a-half-inch lift and let's do a FMVSS 126 test. And they did amazing. So it was so, yeah. I, I've just been so impressed with Milestar. When, so the, once I get back, we should have the most recent shipment um, of the XT. Uh, they're going to send out a set for us to put on the, on the truck that pulls the CTI trader. Mm. And so we'll have those, uh, those should be on there by the time I get to Dallas. So people can take a look at them a little bit more yeah. aggressive tread than an AT, but still a, a good looking tire. Um, you know, wow. I knock on wood as well. We've had really good luck with, with tires. So, yeah, that's awesome. Well, that's great. So you heard it here, you know, you got to think about your trailer tires. you got to think about your trailer weight. Um, it's not just maintenance of the tires, but it's, it's, it's what these tires are capable of, what your trailer is capable of when deciding what you're going to throw on top of it, because there's nothing worse than being in the middle of no place and having to change a trailer tire. And I'm always floored by some of our, our great friends in the industry that post on their Facebook page and they're changing a trailer tire. And it's like, you kind of want to say, dude, really? <laughs> yeah, stop it. Whatever you're doing, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> well, Corey, it's been a great random show. Uh, I, I, I appreciate um, you calling in and, and I, out here on the road um, while I'm sitting in the comfort of my, my office. Um, any last thoughts? No, if you guys, uh, you know, if you see us out on the road, I'm headed across I-70, clear through into Tennessee on Friday. So if you see me, uh, honk and wave and, and uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing you at the next event. Absolutely. You can always find Corey on social media at Corey Osborne and uh, at Modern Jeeper. Uh, and I think you are Corey Modern Jeeper or is that how, what's your, what's your moniker on Facebook? Facebook's just, you can just find me as Corey Osborne, but uh, uh, yeah, definitely modernjeeper.com, modernjeeperforum.com, modernjeeperadventures.com. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, hit us up. Yeah, we didn't even talk about, we had so much to talk about on adventures coming up. Thank you, my friends. Thank you, Modern Jeepers. And as always, we will see you on the trail. Cheers. This podcast will self-destruct in five, four, three, two, one. 